This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hallelujah. Welcome one and all. So good, so good to see the glory of God on your faces, your hungry hearts. How many expect God to talk to you tonight? Amen. You know, you know, people that don't know him as father haven't a clue what I just said. They say, you mean God talks to you? Well, I'll tell you what, if you're born again Christian, he's not talking to you. You better get on your knees and get something right because, you know, the world's listening for voices. And Paul said, First Corinthians 13, there's many voices in the world. But Jesus told us in John chapter 10 that his sheep know his voice. And basically what that is, is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Either scriptures coming to your remembrance in your heart that you know, or God leading you in your heart with things you know is in line with the Word of God. You know, uh, if you're born again Christian have eternal life into you, and it comes into your thinking, man, I need more money. I think I know where I can steal some. Well, you know, that's not God. But if it comes into your heart, you need you uh, need more money, and it comes into your heart to bless somebody, give somebody, then you know that's God because Jesus, we just quote the scripture, Luke 6, 38, give it, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, etc. God wants to bless you. He always leads you alive with his word. Or he may remind you of somebody that you met at a harvest fest or something, said, you know what, I'm the boss, I'm the manager at such and such a business, and I really like you. Why don't you come down and see me? And I, I'll, I'll give you a job. And so that's how the Lord talks to you. He speaks to you in your heart. He lets you know things into your heart. Because so many times things come into your brain. Your brain's not born again. Your brain's just organ in your body. But God has to use your brain to think and do a lot of things. But when you got born again, the Holy Spirit and your spirit became one on the inside. That's where he talks to you at. And so, you know, I love to be able to say, you may be God to the world, but Jesus told me in John 17, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And so I have to come through this world system, but the world system not the one that controls my life or tells me what I can do or can't do. They put limits on me, but my faith can overcome the limits. And we're going to be talking about faith tonight. Matter of fact, our title is called do you have faith in your faith? Do you have faith in your faith? And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about Sabrina, where's she at? Is she still in there? Did she take the babies up or do something? I get ready to preach about it if I see her face. Sabrina, where are you? Okay, well, anyway, Sabrina started getting into my stuff. I thought, Sabrina, you got to back it off, girl. You start to step out there too much. If you go about another 30 seconds, you're going to preach it then. Hey, man, you know, she talked, she talked about don't give up, don't quit. You know, you're strong. If you got faith, you're strong. Use it. Basically what she was saying, you know, use what you've got. You've got it. Don't give up. Don't quit, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're going to be talking about Bible faith tonight. Sabrina just preached about you. 
I remember the first time that girl walked in the door, I did something I don't do very often. She came in visit that night. Do you remember I kept poking my finger and said, you belong here. You're coming back. You're coming back. And you kept saying, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I said, you're coming back. You're coming back. I said, I said, I said, I'm your pastor. I'm your pastor. <laughs> you're coming back. And she left. And when she went walking out the door and said, no, 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 no. That's the first time I ever met that girl. I know of. I remember, I, I don't do that to people. Man, I think that's the only time I ever did that. And when she left, when she left, I went home that night. I had gone to sleep with me then. And I said, man, you blew it. That girl come in for the first time and you were so bold. You that man, you sure run her off. She'll never come back again. I bet her family can't stand to be around you now because dad and mom and my standing there. And all I did just zeroed in on her. Said, I'm your pastor. I'm your pastor. This is your church. You're coming back. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. But the thing, thing is, the Spirit of God comes on us sometimes to do things. But uh, if you're taking notes, I, as we worship with God, I said something I want to say to you as we're talking about faith, you'll understand. I was thinking about three basic kinds of faith that that Christians, most most Christians understand, but they operate this first on talking about where too many Christians live at and they'll never get victory. Number one, there's human faith. Every person that's born into this earth has natural faith. They have human faith. Everybody does. And what that faith is, it's based upon what they can see. It's based upon what reasoning, human knowledge tells them is possible. My wife and I are in the process of, matter of fact, we sold our house. And we got another house, another place we're buying right now. Well, talking with the real estate lady today, and we was looking at numbers. And without God... Even without God involved, human reasoning tells us we could afford this house. It doesn't take faith in God to buy this house. We've got the money from our house. And what this other place cost, we got the money to do what we got to do. If you turn that down just a little bit, Tom, that echoes just a little bit weird. Thank you. And so anyway, that's just human faith. And so saved and unsaved people can look at numbers. If numbers work, they can do what they got to do. That's not faith in God. That's human faith. And then a number two kind of faith that uh, that happens sometimes in the life of a believer, God will give you the gift of faith sometimes. You know, especially with preachers, God will give you the gift of faith. And what that is, you step out and do things, and then when you do them, and the miracles happen, you think, wow, whoo, boy, that was something. You don't have that faith every day. As a matter of fact, some believers never, ever, ever get to experience that. But sometimes in our lives that happens, the gift of special faith comes in, and you believe God to do things that would scare you never do again in a hundred million years. I mean, Peter walking on water. And you know, in that story, how many have ever read that story of the Bible? When Peter, Jesus walked on water, and then Peter walked on water. You know the thing about that, the phrase that gets me? Peter actually started walking on the water, and then it says, when he looked around and saw what was going around, says he began to sink. Have you ever jumped in a swimming pool or a lake? You don't begin to sink. You sink. How do you sink in slow motion? Did you ever notice that? He was walking, and then it said he observed the circumstances, and what he did, he began to sink. You don't begin to sink. You sink. And that's what happens to people sometimes when that God pops that supernatural faith on you, if you will keep your eyes on him, you can still walk out a miracle. But if all of a sudden you look at what's going on, wait a minute, this is impossible. What am I doing? Then you begin to lose. 
But then the kind of faith we're going to look at tonight is the most reliable, long-term, 100% guaranteed to always work is faith in God's Word. So I want to say that again. You can have faith in your faith when your faith is in God's Word in your heart, working in your life. Amen. I want to show you a couple books out of the bookstore. I always like to show books that are familiar to me. I remember one of the first faith books I ever got. This book's been out since the 70s. Brother Copeland's book, The Force of Faith. I've got a copy of that, but the cover doesn't look like this because I bought it way back in about probably about 1981, 1982, a long time ago. These books are what helped me get to where I am today, reading faith-filled books that are full of the Word of God, teaching me how to use my faith. And then a very, very, very awesome, 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 really good book by Brother Hagin called The Real Faith. The Real Faith. We got these books in the bookstore, and these are the things that got me to where I am today as a man of God as a believer, as a preacher, to do uh, what God wants me to do in life. How many know that everybody has a call of God in their life? You know, you may not be called to preach up here or be or be in a pulpit or a TV ministry or something like that, but I'll tell you one thing, the testimonies I heard tonight from the people talking about the people's lives they affected. You know, I, th- I think about the girls back here, Adriana and Sabrina, coming back all the way in 2011 and then coming back like that. Man, if all those faces out there, I may have seen them, and you know, the karaoke stuff, I remember that was going on. May have seen them up there like that and just walked past and you know, they will glory to God, they're having a good time. But the thing was, all the workers that were back here then had an impact on them back then. If we wouldn't have had hot dog people then, or had people doing the balls and the fishes and all the different things going on back then, then nobody been here to give way for the Holy Spirit to be here to bless them. Had to keep on working on their lives over the years and all the other people. So see, that, that's, that's a high calling on that night, 2011, somebody gave them a hot dog and a popcorn. And somebody gave their little children a little ball, said, throw the ball up there. You know, get this goofy little prize, this little prize. You know, and these kind of things. Well, see, some of these things look so silly and foolish to us, but God's using things and people to bless people. And by the way, I think about what Frank did, you know, not, not the dumpster. That was really a big deal. But the guy worked his tail off, cleaned up property out here, trimming trees, cutting down bushes, and doing a lot of stuff. Amen. But you know what? Frank would have never been here the first time if somebody wasn't here to clean things up before he got here. Somebody had to be here ahead of him to prepare the way so he could come in. And so we've all got to call into God. You know, whether you're called to, to, to change the doctors for, for, a, for, for a Japanese baby, it's the Japanese people come in. Somebody said, well, how do you talk about a, a what, Japanese? What do you say? Well, if the babies there say, hey, we took, we took care of the dirty diaper, but they better understand. You say, sack of poo They know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> sack of poo that's the Japanese for dirty diaper. Okay. <laughs> Hey, man, got to throw one in every once in a while. Okay. It's good to be back in the saddle riding again. Okay. Do you have faith in your faith? I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 22. Verse 22. Take notes. Write the verses down. And, you know, I, I want to tell you something about the difference between preaching and teaching. And... 
Jesus was a preacher. Jesus was a teacher. Sometimes he preached. Sometimes he taught. And God today has preachers and teachers. I am primarily a teacher. Now, here's what a preacher does. A preacher basically does a lot of exhorting, which we need, and encouraging. A preacher tells you what you can have. Like, for example, uh, let's just say that uh, we're telling you about a place where there's a whole lot of blessing. And, man, I'm just telling you, man, you get there, I'll tell you what, people are going to take care of your kids. You'll get you know, all kinds of this and all kinds of that. They're going to bless you. They're going to feed you, take care of you. And you're sitting there thinking, man, at this point in life, I need help. Where's that place at? And all I do for my whole service is keep telling you, but I tell you what, God's got the best for you there. You can have it. You can have God. Help me believe God wants you to have the best. And all the time you're sitting there thinking, how did I get there? How did I get there? And I close the service and say, amen. And you leave here. You got all built up. But you thought, man, I sure wish I knew how to get that. And then I come in here. I put up my PowerPoint and put a map in your hand. I say, well, the first thing you got to do, you know, now if you're on the I-15 heading south, you're going the wrong direction. You need to get on the 15 going north. And if you get up here to Baker, there's this road called such and such. You need to get off at this road and you go this way. And then you go there, then you go this way. I tell you step by step, here's how you get to that place. And if you follow these directions, you'll get there where a teacher shows you how to get there. Amen. I remember when I first got saved, I went to a Pentecostal church. And man, I heard these preachers every week. They were a good Holy Ghost place. And God was there. But they didn't have a lot of teaching going on at all. And I came in there as a brand new Christian, knew nothing about anything. And all I heard every week is, God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed. And they're telling about the blessings. And I kept thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know anything. I was a brand new Christian. And so they talked about the Bible. They'd hope the Bible, but they'd never open it to tell you verses. And so then I turned on my radio. In my, I, I was a truck driver. I turned on my radio in the morning time, and all of a sudden I heard this guy named Kenneth Hagin teaching the Bible. He told me how to get the blessings out of the Bible into my life. And then, man, I heard a guy named Kenneth Copeland teaching the Bible. Then I heard a guy named Charles Capps teaching the Bible. Most of those ended up being my Bible school teachers later on. But the whole thing was the Pentecostal church was a good church, and they told me what I could have, but they never told me how to get there. And so that's why I say when you come into our church, open up your Bibles, write down the directions, the step-by-step things, what to do, and then you won't leave here thinking, man, I wish I wasn't depressed anymore. I wish I could get healed. Oh, I wish I could get healed. Oh, I wish I could get that job like they got. These people, oh, I wish I could get that job. Well, let me tell you something. Don't come by wishing. Because my faith. (laughs) Amen. And so Matthew chapter 9, verse 22. And uh, in in this particular situation here, this lady had been sick for a lot of years. She, she, had, she had an issue of blood. Uh, she, had, she had a female disease, I think, for 12 years. But anyway, I want to get to the end of the story because here's what Jesus said to this lady that had been sick for 12 years, been to a lot of doctors, did a lot of things, and she never got any better. And finally, she exercised faith in Jesus, put some action with her words, got to Jesus. And Jesus said, look at the middle of the verse, Daughter... Be of good comfort, for my great faith has made you whole. Your pastor's faith got you healed. Well, your great Christian friend 
got you healed. What did he say? He said, your faith, your faith has made you whole. I don't want to say something. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Malachi chapter 3, God said, I'm God, I change not. And so God and Jesus and the Bible don't change. And so this woman here that was having all the problems of life she had could use faith and receive a miracle from Jesus. If her faith can make her whole, then that Bible faith that she had can make you whole. Whatever you need, your faith will make you whole. And so it's not what your pastor or your best Christian friend or relative is praying for you that will get lasting results in your life. But it's what you're praying. It's what you're believing will get lasting results. I want to tell you something that I learned nearly 40 years ago in life. Everybody in here, basically one or two times for your close relatives and friends, can pray things off of them and get them helped. But there comes a point in time they have to themselves start changing their own diapers. They have to themselves start getting their lazy behinds up, coming to the doors of a church somewhere, find out who their pastor is themselves. They have to start reading their own Bibles, doing their own praying. And so we, most of the time, For people that are totally ignorant and know nothing about God, we can get a miracle for them. May be able to get a miracle for them two or three times. Be able to get the devil off their case and they say, wow, 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 I felt that. I felt that. You're not going to believe what happened in my job on Monday. What happened? You're not going to believe we got that family union. What happened this year? Well, yeah, we prayed it. We prayed it through for them this time. There comes a point in time. I mean, yeah, come to Harvest Fest 2011, man, keep coming back. And you'll get it. But the thing is, what I'm saying is this. You need to develop faith in your faith. And that's what I want to show you how. And so he told this woman that her faith had made her whole. Now look down at verse 29. And there was a couple blind men that came to Jesus. And they needed help from blindness. Verse 29 says, Then touched he their eyes, saying, Now listen to this. According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm Jesus. He's still Jesus. He's still doing miracles. But you know what? People have to receive their miracles that he's doing. He said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. You know what I found out in modern times with modern medicine and things going on, one of the hardest things to do with modern welfare systems too. I've seen people come into services where the power of God was setting people free, but they got government money or some kind of a thing that because they got such and such a problem in their physical body, they get this benefit every month. And they say, well, they come up for prayer. Well, I, I, I can't do that, though, because if I do, I'll lose it. Lose what? Lose the $300 a month they're getting. Or the $1,000 a month they're getting. I would rather lose the $1,000 a month I'm getting for some injury and be able to go back out and make three or $4,000 a month and enjoy life again than to miss out on a miracle from God. But what do they do? 
their human reasoning says, I've got this, and so I can't receive this from Jesus because I've got this. And if I get this miracle where I can actually enjoy life again, then I won't get this little measly thing they're giving me if all the strings attached to it. See, that happened time and time again. According to your faith, Jesus said, according to your faith be it done unto you. And you know, if you're talking to two blind men, you know, uh, another story talking about a blind man. He asked, he said, what do you want me to do for you? Well, it ought to be obvious to anybody if you're at a miracle service where Jesus is doing miracles. Even in today's time, Jesus still works through preachers. He works through believers. He's doing miracles. A blind person comes up. I mean, we're all sitting thinking, well, duh, what do you mean, preacher? What do you want me to do? You'd be surprised if he would say, well, I'll tell you what, would you, would you, would you agree with me for a sin eye dog? I'm thinking, you want to see an eye dog at Jesus' healing eyes tonight, and you want to see an eye dog. Well, they're going by human reasoning, and they limit God to what they can believe Him for. And so you know all you can do in a case like that? You want two things. Well, the first thing you got to do, you say, okay, the prayer of agreement does work. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, if you two agree, it'll be done by the Father, and they get to see an eye dog. And so you can do that, but at the same time, you can encourage them, keep coming to church. Keep coming to church and you get their faith built up little by little in the Word of God where they graduate from a C&I dog till they get somebody to walk around with them and lead them in. It tells us things. But the thing is, what I'm saying is, Jesus said, according to your faith. According to your faith. And so your own faith is what will get you lasting results. I'm talking about lasting results. I'm not talking about temporary blessing. And then I want you to look at Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Now what am I doing right now going through these different passages? I'm spoon-feeding you. I'm spoon-feeding you some faith from the Word of God. I'm spoon-feeding you. And you know, let, let me tell you sometimes what, what, a, what a pastor in jobs like are calling is this. Mrs. Pastor, believe it or not, I'm not saying she's old enough for this, but she did experience it and she is maybe a little bit older than some of us. She actually went to a one-room schoolhouse. Everybody ever read in the old school books about one-room schoolhouses? Well, she lived way up in the wilderness of Maine and how many different grade levels were in that school for all the way from kindergarten to to high school, eighth grade, had eight grades with one teacher in one room, one room schoolhouse. And so that teacher could not teach to kindergartners or first grade what she taught the eighth graders. And she, if she did a kindergarten thing with eighth graders, they wouldn't grow. And so a pastor, a pastor has to be able, with the help of God, to spoon feed some people and they'd feed more mature meat to other people that need more. And so right now, I've done some spoon feeding so people that are new to the faith will see some things that maybe you know. And if you don't know these things yet, you need to be looking at them because we're seeing a pattern in the Gospels about Jesus and people. We're seeing a pattern. Now, Mark chapter 9, verse 23 this is a man that had a son that had been whipped up by the devil. And then Jesus said in verse 23, Jesus saith unto him, If thou canst believe. Well, he's in the presence of Jesus. I mean, how many know that Jesus can't believe? He's Jesus. 
Had this man brings his boy to Jesus and get delivered from the devil, had Jesus didn't just stick out a magic wand and do some miracle, this man had to be hooked up. He said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to me because I'm Jesus. What did he say? All things are possible to who? To who? Say this, say, I'm a believer. Say, all things are possible to what I can believe. Say it again, say, I'm a believer. And all things are possible for what I can believe. If Jesus said that, it's got to be true. If Jesus said that, it's got to be true. Jesus told no lies. You know, I'm looking at Jesse back there. Jesse's experienced the miracles in his life. I've watched his family be blessed, and his family has believed God for miracles. They've got miracles. And, you know, I look at every family in here that I know personally. I know everyone in here that's believed God for miracles has got miracles. You know, I, th- I think about Ryland, man. We carried him in a little pumpkin seat, man. Carried him in here. By the time the little boy started growing up, I had that serious asthma. And you guys were baby Christians, just started teaching the things. And he was really, he's in the emergency room all the time. Bad things happened. Got a hold of the word of God. The boy has asthma no more. Totally healed. He's soccer king. I mean, man, you got to watch out that he doesn't just kick on soccer, don't you? The boy's all boy like that, but he's not sick anymore because all things are possible to the moderns that believed that God did miracles. Give the Lord a hand for the miracles did for their family. And you've all got had miracles happen like that. But see, I'm, I'm teaching the word of God to people right now that want to see God do miracles in their lives. And every one of these examples we've used are people that came in, heard the word of God taught like it's been taught tonight, and they came back for more and more and more and more. They come in, they hear testimonies, encourage them. Then they hear the word of God being taught. They go home, they look at the scriptures some more. They begin to do and to say what they saw in the Bible. And so Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believeth. Let me give you a paraphrase of this verse. and say it another way. Jesus said, my paraphrase, it's not a matter of what I can do. It's a matter of what you can believe I will do for you. I want to say that again. Jesus knew what he could do for that boy that came there. Jesus knew what he could do for those blind men. He knew what he could do. But what Jesus has said, it's not a matter what I can do, I can do it. It's a matter of what you believe. I can and will do for you. I want you to stop and think about that. Some of you in here are sitting on top of some serious situations. You're sitting on top of some things that some of you, I almost said the Spirit's like a powder keg about to blow up. That's not going to be good if it stays going the direction it's going. Jesus can do anything. But Jesus told these people over and over again, it's not a matter what I can do. It's a matter of what you believe Not that I can do, but that I will do for you. Before I move on, I've got to let that sink in. Jesus said, what can you believe 
that I can and will do for you. Sabrina, you guys got a miracle in your home. I mean, big miracle. Think about that, man. Your husband coming here and stood in the gap and stood in the gap and he prayed and glory to God. Got that blessing now and more blessing in the future I know you got coming. Amen. Miracles, 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 miracles. And I'm looking at it out here right now and the Spirit of God right now is stirring up some things in your heart. You know, we, we've got a fireplace in our house, and the house we're buying's got a fireplace in it. And Mrs. Pastor was amazed the other day. I cranked up a fire in that thing to burn stuff out of it and clean it out. And man, I burnt that thing red hot. I fed wood to it all day long just to get it red hot. And so then a couple of days later, let the ashes stand a couple of days later, I warned her. I said, hey, that doesn't look like anything, but watch out. And so I did everything I could to get all those coals out of there. And then she went to sweep it out like a day later. said, man, that stuff's still red hot down there. And in some of you right now, you've still got red hot down there on the inside of you. It's in there. Well, that's like you, girl. Sabrina, I'm looking at you, girl. You had that red hot in you all the time, and God stirred it up. It got stirred up, but it came out. And that's why things are happening now. So tonight, the Holy Spirit, through me, is on the inside of you, stirring up those embers. There's things in you that you forgot you had. You must have faith in your faith. And that's what we're going to look at in a little bit more detail now. We've shown you that Jesus needs your cooperation. If you want, I want to say this again, that keeps coming out of me, this phrase, lasting results. Somebody else can pray a blessing on you, and I like a blessing but I don't just want a one-time temporary blessing. I want lasting results of God working in my life, me keeping what God gave me, and seeing the results for as long as I live on this earth and live it long on this earth. And so you must train yourself to have faith in your faith. Write that down. You must train yourself to have faith in your faith. It's a process. I like what Pastor Dave did with the discipleship of people actually committing to be submitted, to be discipled, have personal, personally trained. You know, I don't know about you, but I know about me. Turn to Romans 10, 17 while I'm talking. But as a pastor, it's so sad to see believers being consistently backsliding. Being consistent in their backsliding. Some people come back so many times, see in and out, in and out, backsliding, they think, man, might as well call these people yo-yo. Why? They're up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. Just up and down. Or call them roller coaster. Roller coaster faith. Man, sometimes they're high. Some, you know, just taking a ride like that, never know where they're going to be. But you know, the ones that get results are the consistent ones that Day in and day out. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Things going good. Praise the Lord. Things not going good. Praise the Lord. How you doing? Praise the Lord. Amen. And so you never know if they're having a bad day, having a good day, because all the time they're consistent in their faith. They show up, they show up to do what God called them to do, whether they feel like it or not. And you know, uh, Robert, while ago, I know Robert worked really hard towards Harvest Fest. I saw him out in the parking lot, got here. Robert says, Pastor, I'm tired. He said, I'm not just tired. I said, Pastor, I'm exhausted. I said, Robert, why don't you go watch the World Series then? We can get by value tonight. I said, he said, well, thanks, Pastor, for the, for the past, but now I want to be in church. 
Well, that's Robert. You know, he and Susan, they're consistent, 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 consistent. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my life. I'm almost 39 years old uh, in the faith. I'm a little older than that in the flesh, but I've known Jesus for almost come January. I'll be 39 years old. I've never backslidden. Man, what is the backslide? I remember what it was like. I used to smoke a little dope. I used to drink a lot of beer. I used to be a lot of sick. I used to be a lot of messed up, depressed, and pretty, probably not fun to be around stuff like that. What am I going to slide back to, man? Already, already tried losing. I don't like losing. What am I going to go back to? Man, I like being well. I like having my needs met. I not, I like not being depressed. I like people not wanting to run away from me because I'm so grouchy, but wanting to come to me because I got so much joy. So what am I going to backslide to? Amen. And so that, that, that's what I'm talking about. How you can have faith in your faith, be consistent, get answers, and the answer's last. And the answer's last. You get healed, you stay healed. You get financially secure, you stay secure. And that doesn't mean you never have attacks. Because when you're following after Jesus, you made an enemy of your former master. Who's your former master? The devil and his demons. He doesn't like you. He wants you back. He doesn't like rebels. He doesn't like turncoats. You turn on him and say, Satan... I renounce you at sickness and disease and poverty and depression and strife and hatred and all those evil things. I don't want anything to do with those anymore. He doesn't like that. And so you can stay consistent in your faith and consistently say, no devil, I choose Jesus. And every day when the temptation comes to go back the other way, to fall for the other stuff, say, no devil, I choose Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, don't just pity, Pat. If you're going to clap, clap. <laughs> Amen. Romans ten seventeen. Train yourself to have faith in your faith. Look at this. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by what? The Word of God. And you know what? Let me give you another, another reverse, reverse uh, side of that. Faith leaveth by lack of hearing. And lack of hearing the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith leaveth by lack of hearing. And why do you think you start getting depressed and full of worry again, miss two or three Sundays? Well, let's just put it this way. Second Corinthians 4, 4, Word of God says that Satan is the God of this world system. You get around there, you go into work, unless you're working with fellow believers that are full of the Holy Ghost and full of the Word, you walk into your job, 99% of the people are going to start complaining. Well, if you didn't get to church, you get yourself anointed up and prayed up. If you didn't do any devotions or read your Bible, you come in here, then your level of faith is going to start coming down. And by the time you go into work five or six days a week and get pounded on with all that negativity, you're going to start coming down, down, down. And you wonder where your faith is. Then you come into the up here up here to the altar and you're tripping on your lip. And say, Pastor, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just fighting depression this week. And you know, I don't know your life, you know your life. But you know, uh I still kind of know who comes to church and doesn't come to church. I'm thinking, well, 
I know your face looks familiar. What's your name? I'm thinking, man, I don't want to embarrass them. I can't remember their name. Like that, because I haven't been here so long. And so finally I say, you're going to have to press me now. What's your name? Well, pastor, you know me. And I think, well, when's the last time I met you? At Harvest Fest, some guy walks up to me and starts talking to me. And like that, it thinks I know him. He says, he says, I know you. I've talked to you. And I said, where was I? I said, well, about 10 years ago, I talked to you at Del Taco. <laughs> it's a true story. And, and I, I said, man, I said, I've slept since then. <laughs> and so the thing is, faith cometh by hearing and hearing. See what it says, hearing and hearing? It didn't say hearing one time. Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by consistently hearing the Word of God. And so if you forget where your Bible is, or God forbid your battery run down on your phone because you've been playing too many games. <laughs> oh, boy. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so if you come to church and hear the Word taught, guess what? According to the Bible, you have faith. Some Christians say things like this. Pastor, I just don't feel like I have any faith. Well, you're getting into that first kind of faith, human faith. Human faith goes by how you feel. Bible faith goes by what you know, what the Bible says about your situation. Amen. I want to say it again. Because this is, this is what God wants you to know tonight. How can you have faith in your faith? If you know what the Bible says. Because you hear the Bible, then you have faith. If you don't have faith, then we need to take that verse out of there. Because we don't need the Bible. He says, faith cometh by hearing. Well, if it doesn't mean that, what do we want to read that verse for then? Amen. And you know, I like what Brother Hagin used to say. He said, he said, well, if God said this, and you're saying that, then somebody's not telling the truth, either God or you. He said, well, I'm not going to call God a liar, so. <laughs> and so, to train yourself to have faith, number one thing is, you're going to have to get it settled in your heart. If I see it in the Bible then it's true. If God says I'm healed, which He says in multiple places, then I am. If God says I'm blessed, then I am. If God said I can have my needs met abundantly, then I can. See, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So everybody in this church tonight has faith to be saved and to go to heaven. When you hear the gospel preached from the word of God, that you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Well, God's the one that said that from the Bible, so you've got faith to be saved. When God says, love your neighbor as I have loved you, you can love like God loves. When God says forgive, if you want to be forgiven, you can forgive. When you read those verses about forgiveness in the Bible, you've got faith to forgive. You've got faith to love. Because the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so, when you read your Bible, you've got faith, but we're going to take you to the next step. And what do you do? Because you have it. 
And so it's what you do with what you have that's going to determine the results in your life. I want to say it again. It's what you do with what you have. And number one, we already see, if you know what the Bible says, then you have faith to win in that area. I want to say that again. Jesus told those people over and over again. He said, according to your faith. According to your faith. And so I guess another way to say this would be this. According to your knowledge of the Bible. If faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. According to what scripture do you know? What scriptures do you know about what it is you're facing? What do you know? According to your level of the word of God, be it done unto you. Amen. Does that make sense? And so Jesus said, I want to say this again, that paraphrase. I like that. It's not a matter of what Jesus can do. It's a matter of what you believe he can and will do for you. According to your faith, be it done unto you. And so the number two thing I want to see then about having faith in your faith is look at Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. How does faith come? And hearing what? And uh, Mark, we're going to look at verse 22 to 24. And, and I'm going to say this. We look at this passage. Your faith is activated by words. We're going to look at these things Jesus said here. But just just something to help people understand again, because I've seen Christians make this mistake. They think that faith cometh by praying. Well, if that would have been the case, he would have said, faith cometh by praying for more faith. He didn't say that. You know, prayer is an action that gets some results, but prayer is fueled by faith. And if you put no word in, then you have no fuel to pray. You can pray out of emotions, but you don't pray out of faith if you don't have the Word of God in your heart and in your mouth. The Word of God. And so, he didn't say faith cometh by praying. And also, he didn't say faith cometh by worship. You know, praise God for our worship life. When we pray, we're fellowshipping with God. When we worship, we're inviting the presence of God in. All those things are what we do as believers. We worship, we pray, and tithing. He didn't say faith cometh by tithing. We tithe because we love, and the Bible says to, but faith only comes by hearing the Word of God. All these things we do are attributes of our faith life. Praying is birthed by the love of God in our heart. Praying gets results because of the faith that backs the prayer that comes from the Word of God. We have faith to worship God by faith because the more that His Word is entwined into our spirit, into our thinking, the more real He is to us. It makes it more easy to worship when you got the revelation in your heart of the Word of God of what God will do. Amen? And so that's what I'm saying for Christians. The most important thing... Well, let me just put it another way. Jesus said... He quoted Moses out of Deuteronomy. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. But how shall man live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? And so what Jesus is saying is this. He said the word of God 
is spiritual food. How many here think that you can go, I mean, if God's got you on a supernatural fast, you can go for a while without eating. But how many of you think today that you just say, you know what, I am not going to eat for two weeks. What would start happening after two days? You get weak. And you know what? You say, uh, Pastor, you pray for me. I don't know why I'm so weak. I just don't feel good. I'm dizzy. I'm lightheaded. Well, you know, if I didn't know what you was doing, I'd say, man, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for God to heal you. Pray for something to happen there. At all the time, you just, you just made a dumb decision. You're not going to eat and put food in your physical body. And you go to your job, your, bo- your boss walks past and says, man, man, you don't look good. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I can't understand it. You're not eating. Well, how come, dumb dumb, you show up church next Sunday and I just feel so weak? Oh, well, I haven't seen you in church for two or three weeks. You've not been putting any food in? You haven't read your Bible. You haven't said out of the Word of God. You want to know why your faith is weak? Okay, but I've been praying. Well, praying to your spirit, now listen to this, is like breathing to your body. For your body to function, you've got to eat and you've got to breathe. You've got to have both. For your spiritual life to be healthy, you've got to eat and you've got to pray. And so just because you're praying doesn't mean your faith's strong unless you're eating too. You've got to have the Word, you've got to have the prayer. Just because you're breathing, if you're not eating, that means you're going to have any physical strength. You've got to eat, you've got to breathe. That was free. Amen. Anybody see anything out of a little discourse right there? Amen. You gotta, you gotta have both. So Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. Jesus said, uh, answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. I like what Brother Hagin pointed about this verse. He says, a literal translation from the Greek says, have the God kind of faith. Have faith like God has faith. Well, if he's our father and we're his sons, then we have his attributes. We have his characteristics. We have the faith of God in our hearts. As then he tells in verse 23 how that faith works. He said, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, and I circle that my Bible. He's telling how the faith of God works in the life of a believer. He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, how many know if you've got a serious medical diagnosis, it's a mountain? If your family's breaking up and you're losing the security of your family, that's a horrible mountain to face. You're about to lose your family. That's a mountain. Or you've had a good life and your job has either went out of business or they've cut your job, they don't need you anymore. You've still got the same bills, still got the same needs, but all of a sudden you have no income. That's a mountain. And so Jesus gives us an example here. He says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, and the mountain is whatever it is that you're dealing with, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt it is what? Shall not doubt it is what? Well, say it again. Shall not doubt it is what? Heart, but shall believe, but shall believe 
Now that's what we're talking about. According to your faith, what do you believe I can do for you? But shall believe that those things which he wisheth. But shall believe those things which he hopeth. But shall believe those things which he what? Saith. Your faith is activated by words. Saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he hopeth. He shall have whatsoever Facebook liketh. <laughs> Amen. He shall have whatsoever he what? Saith. But I want you to notice that part there. Shall not doubt in his heart. When you're praying, you have got, I talk about, if you talk about serious praying, about mountains, serious crises, things that are absolutely impossible. Because Jesus said all things are possible to him that believeth. And that's what he said right here, shall believe it in his heart. When you got saved, I want to say it again, this is where too many Christians live with human faith of what their head, what their eyes tell them, not what their heart knows from God. He says, shall not doubt in his heart, not shall not doubt in his head. I would say it's virtually impossible in when you're facing crisis for your head not to doubt. You see the impossibility of it, especially if you're dealing with sickness. You're seeing what all medical science is saying. You're seeing the limitations in your physical body. You're seeing all these things. And so your head is getting hit with all all the reasons why. No, 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 no. But Jesus said, shall not doubt in his heart. Well, see, in my heart, I know because of multiple verses that heaven's real. In my heart, I know that eternity's realness forever. In my head, with the way a lot of things are in the world, my head would tell me, no, no, no. In my heart, I know, because Romans 10, 9 told me, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised from the dead, I shall be saved. With my heart, Romans 10, 9 says, I believe unto righteousness. And with my mouth, Confession is made unto my salvation. And so then Jesus says the same thing here. He says, if you believe and say, and shall not doubt in your heart, whatsoever you sayeth shall come to pass. You have whatsoever you sayeth. And so we as believers, when facing crisis, have got to get away from the crisis long enough if you have to. On my job, what I used to have to do by break time, I'd go to the men's stall. I'd have either a little Bible in my pocket, a little faith book, mini book. I'd take my 10-minute break, man, just sitting in there just so I could get alone from the crisis and see all the people, all the hustle and bustle, all the, all the disturbances of life. I'd read my little Bible. I'd read verses. I'd read little things like that. I'd close my eyes. I'd say, Jesus, I'm not looking at what I see. I'm speaking what I know. In my heart, you told me all things are possible to him that believeth. And if there were verses I needed to know about what I was facing, family things, job things, health things with me or my family, my loved ones, I'd have my eyes closed. And I'd say, Jesus, you told me in Mark 16, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I want to thank you that my son David is healed. Crippled can't stay on him. David's walking in Jesus' name. I want to thank you, Lord. That the doctor said, whatever the percentage was, 
don't make it. This percentage does. And I just picture David at that hospital with all those things in him. I want to thank you, Jesus, that those things are coming out of him and he's healed of leukemia. I want to thank you, Jesus. I closed my eyes and I believed in my heart. I went back in there. I saw all the little bleep, 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 bleep. And all those little lines of those little monitors. They wear those lines doing all that stuff. You guys have been down that road. Came through it. Praise God. Do what you're supposed to do. But you have to close your head. And you can't close your head off if you don't get someplace to close your eyes off. You got to quit seeing the problem. You got to start seeing the answer. And you don't see the answer with these eyes. You see it with these eyes. You're a spirit being that has spiritual eyes. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Dave used a passage out of the Old Testament with Elijah. He said, he said, Father, open his eyes to see there's more fours than there are against us. And then God let him see in the spiritual realm. And so the number one thing for you to have faith in your faith is get the Word of God off those pages into your heart, into your thinking. Then the number two thing is you activate it by speaking it. You gotta speak it. You gotta say what the Bible says. And then number three, I will look at one more thing, cause I'm talking about you, how to train yourself to have faith in your faith. I think we got established a few verses in the, in the Gospels. That's not a matter of what Jesus can do. Everybody in here believes he can do anything. But you gotta believe he'll do it for you. James 1.22. James 1.22. And you might want to write this down. Your faith is completed with action. Your faith is completed with action. James 1.22. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And so it's not a matter of what you hear and know. It's what you know and do that gets results. It's not a matter of knowing it. You've got to know it before you believe it. And then after you believe it, you've got to say it. Then you've got to follow through. You know, I think about, I know in the church right now, there's several families in here that have had crises and strifes and ugly things among family members, some for years. Things going on where there's problems like that. Well, it's not a matter of hearing, forgive as I've forgiven you. That doesn't work till you do it. It's impossible for man to forgive some things. But Jesus in you is greater than those things. You can confess, I forgive. You can confess, I love. But until you put some kind of action with that, it never changes. I know my own, I know my own situation sometimes in life with estranged family members, even if it wasn't your fault. You tell, I love, will you forgive me? You didn't do anything. They say, I'll never forgive you. Well, you didn't do anything anyway, but you went the extra mile. Jesus said, go to the extra mile. You stepped up to the plate, went out of your way. You got the process started. On your end, you're free now. But then it's up to what do they do with it. And so, I just want to say it one more time. You need 
to have faith in your faith. And when you get a hold of the Word of God, and you begin to speak it and act on it, then you never have to doubt again because then it's on God's end. And God said, I will watch over my word to perform it. He said, my word will come to pass. It will not return void. And so I want to tell everyone in this church tonight, Jesus is telling you, you are a believer. You're not a doubter. And how to know you're a believer? Because you're sitting here tonight. The word of God was taught. It went into your heart. So you have faith. Now, what do you do with what you got? Amen. According to your faith, be it done unto you. What do you believe Jesus can? What do you believe Jesus will do for you? Speak it and act on it. Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.